You're listening to Weech Abroads. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, we're just going to talk about whatever we feel like talking about oh, today. man. I love it. It's like a phone call between BFFs, which is actually literally what it is, that other people get exactly to listen that. to. They do. Yeah. And also because we don't have as much time to prepare everything because we're both in the middle of moves because we're geniuses. <laughs> we're so smart, y'all. We decided How's to start Boston? our passion project right in the middle of moves. Boston is... <sighs> Boston is beautiful. Liz, the architecture here, I can't wait for you to come visit. Your husband's already said he's bringing you and Lids out to visit, so maybe mm-hmm. you didn't know that, but you're coming to see me. Um, cool. I have sound, found so many just beautiful houses. Everything here feels old. The streets are really narrow and crowded. Um, today, I found my first cockroach, and so far I have <gasps> met one nice couple and everybody else has been indifferent to outright rude oh no that's okay i've only been here 48 hours i'm sure it'll improve well that's you're very optimistic and positive so hard to be positive (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) i miss washington yeah Yeah. i miss washington a lot it's okay it'll make it easier to come home in a couple years there you go. Yeah. I made it back eventually from the East Coast. I made it. Damn right you did. And you made it back yeah. and you're still a very kind person. So I don't feel like they're going to turn me into someone who honks and yells a lot. Well, I lived in the South, though. So that's a different thing, oh, too. That's true. And I mean, people keep telling me when I say I've visited Florida, so I know the East Coast. They're all like, really, Devin? Florida is its mm-hmm. own country. It's not at all representative of the east coast or the south or really planet earth it's just no florida and texas are not the south they are their own things 100 percent. there you go how's the house going do you want to tell people about your 1800s house at all (laughs) freaking roof won't get done you need one of those Um, so i hear uh, yeah i really feel like we kind of do need a roof yeah but um i hope we can work it out, and I'll go to the northwest room of the library and try to find the frontier census stuff and figure out where we are on that. Because I can't find it in the census as it's laid out right now, but I okay. think it's because probably the streets had a different name. But all oh, I have yeah. to do, because I know Washington has been around forever, like the street Washington. Yeah. So if I can just go up that and count the right number of blocks from the river, yeah. I'm going to be able to find my place. Okay. You'll figure it yeah. out. Oh, dude, that's really cool. Yeah. Local history and maybe yeah. some, I don't know. I don't want your house to be haunted, but I also want your house to be haunted. So It could be like benevolently a little bit haunted and that could be okay with me. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was a benevolent haunting. So maybe, Ooh. you know, maybe you'll get one of those. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I went on a Chet Caskey tour last weekend. How is Chet? What's he it was to? doing good. It was actually, it was a great tour. It was one of his bus tours. So we all met in the parking lot of the grocery outlet and rode like around. You do. Like you do. And rode around in this neat uh, tour bus. It was really fancy. Cool. And he showed us various things. And, you know, here's where such and such serial killer lived. It was a serial killer tour, which I was less interested in than a ghost tour. But he threw yeah. plenty of ghosts in there anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, serial yeah. killer's killed enough people that some of them should have become ghosts you figure yeah yeah you know Um, there's kind of an overlap what part of spokane was that touring it was serial killers of the east side oh so east side of spokane yeah so like a lot of it was sprague um yeah and kind of up around there yeah and yeah that it was cool we went to the checkerboard bar which i guess is one of the oldest surviving bars in the area it was um a speakeasy during prohibition and then the person who owned it was first in line to get a liquor license when prohibition dropped and uh it was a cool beer there were some fantastic bar a cool beer it It was was a cool cool bar let me try that again (laughs) i think you need a cool beer i need a cool beer to eat um (laughs) get out (laughs) who asked anything there was this extremely high energy fancy bartender who yep. made every interaction a joy. And there was a pit bull puppy in the back area, which oh was like, goodness. you could basically just walk through into the backyard. And there was a puppy who was just so happy to be at a bar and oh my make goodness. all the friends. Yeah. One of the things I already miss about Seattle is 
how dog friendly it is and how everybody mm-hmm. takes their dogs into bars, into restaurants. I mean, not all of them, but there are so mm-hmm. many that are okay to have dogs in. I love it. Yeah. Love it. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Well, let's tell some spooky stories and then we yeah. can answer some questions. Not that we're so hugely famous that people were dying for a Q&A, but <laughs> we, can, we have some... Some oh I get They're it. Dying to be on our show. <laughs> <laughs> oh Liz, I have a joke for you. Oh, I have one for you too. Okay, you want to go first? Uh, mine is so bad you might not want to do a show with me anymore. Well, I was just going to tell you that the other day I thought I saw a Canada goose, but it turns uh. out he was Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Did you make that up? I did. I did, and I tried it out on Jason, and he was really upset to be married to me, so I figured it was good for you. <laughs> I like that. Okay, well, this one I got from a book called, uh, what is, shoot, what is it called? Long Ago in the Northern Palouse, okay. which is by Glenn Lights. And Glenn compiled a lot of stuff, including just random things that they'd put in the newspapers. And here is a little joke they put in the newspaper from way long ago in the Northern Palouse. Say, look here, those horses I bought of you last week are blind, blind as a bat. Why didn't you tell me that before I bought them? I did tell you that, and you said it would be all right. When did you tell me that? The day you bought them. Didn't I tell you that they didn't look very good? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, I guess dads were a thing even a hundred years ago, weren't they? <laughs> Seriously. I love it. Oh, they yep. don't look very good at all. <laughs> My oh, goodness. I have an I have a good story from that book too. It's not like an episode's worth of a story, but here you you tell me a story and then I'll tell you this story, okay. which is not a ghostly story. It's just funny. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you a. It's not a ghostly story. It's an urban legend from Idaho. So speaking oh, of cool. the Palouse, um, actually, yeah. I guess it's more Rathdrum, Idaho, um, mm-hmm. and this is thanks to Crystal, uh, Crystal, the co-producer of the Vaudevillains Burlesque with me. Uh, nice. Yeah. Crystal, if you're in Spokane, also is like head bartender, head girl Friday, head amazing woman at uh, Ruins, which is a really great restaurant and bar. So, Oh, awesome. She'll tell you all kinds of interesting Spokane stories if you go talk to her. The legend is really short and sweet. You know, it was rumored that on Idaho 41 and US 95, which are both uh, these little country highways out there, that drivers late at night had to be careful because sometimes there would be this chain of people across the highway wearing dark robes and hoods to obscure their identities. And that if the driver stopped, the figures would take the driver out of the car and they would take them off into the woods and sacrifice them to the devil. Well, how did they know that? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I guess... I. (laughs) I imagine they just rolled their window down and they're like, so if I get out of the car, what's going to happen next? Uh, Well, we're going to take you into the woods and sacrifice you. Oh, no, thank you. No, thanks. Roll the window back up and drive away. No, thank you. You bring up a great point. I guess. I guess it exactly happened the way you said it happened. Somebody had the good good sense to ask. Yeah. (laughs) You locked the doors. Yeah, you roll the window down. You roll the window down a little bit, and you leave the car running. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, "What's the plan, San? What are we doing? Yeah, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. Well, the- what y'all doing? <laughs> when are you gonna get some reflective strips on these ropes? <laughs> if you're gonna walk down the middle of the road, can we get some lights out here? Yeah. Can we get uh, you know WSP to put in a couple of um, <laughs> couple of street lights, maybe? You guys should really stripe this crosswalk because, damn, you can't recreate Abbey Road without a striped crosswalk. None of this anymore. Uh, Well, this legend, even though apparently if you 
encountered them, you died. So I don't know how anybody knew about the legend. But the legend was well known enough that it became part of an article in 1976 in We Magazine, O-U-I Magazine. And that's where the author Ed Sanders linked the figures to a local satanic cult. And he also blamed this satanic cult for cattle mutilations and reports of bonfires in fields that had been seen in the area. And the the legend was well known enough that there are two professors, Professor Steiner and McLeod at Eastern Washington University, who Mm -hmm. use the Rathdrum witches as an example in their uh, local folklore class. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The legend has a basis in reality. Just a little tiny bit. Well, this is what uh, Professor McLeod thinks. Apparently, there were reported cattle mutilations at the Silt Ranch in 1972 in Idaho. And in 1973, there was the disappearance of a young Rathdrum couple that sparked the idea of demonic sacrifice. Uh, the Marcusons, Ron and Rita, disappeared November 19th, 1973, and their car oh. was found several days later. Her purse was found the next month, and then in May, her bones, hair, and bits of clothing were found in Athol. Oh, no. Um, her skull was discovered five months later north of Coeur d'Alene, and then in 1995, Ron's skull was found with bullets inside. That's much too dispersed for me, both in location and time. All over the place, all over the time. I mean, it's one for the ages, man. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Uh, That sentence got away from me. Anyway, um, but that, their disappearance was something that really shook up the community. And it was at a time when it was just kind of the start of that latest... Uh, satanic panic craze you know mm-hmm. that really hit mm-hmm. in the 80s and yeah. uh, the U- or the EWU professors also point out that the area the couple disappeared from Rathdrum has a lot of people that are a very religious in a way that they were very careful to not you know use words like fundamental or 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 say what sect of Christianity but anyway they're they're very religious in a way that makes them think devil worshippers are a real concern mm-hmm. and they're also very wary of the government so they're not willing mm. to believe newspaper yeah. reports saying this couple was killed in a dispute over drugs yeah they believe no devil worshippers came and took them so those are the Rathdrum witches you can read about uh, there was a 1995 article in the Spokesman Review, which is where I got most of this information from. Paranormal America on YouTube does a really brief eight-minute segment on it. And then if you're really into creepy pasta, uh, there's Exit Light is a channel on YouTube that does like a creepy pasta retelling of it. Um, mm, okay. So... Those are, I mean, it's spooky because it, driving yeah. alone or driving on a country road at night is spooky. Yeah. And anything you see becomes scary. Yeah. And then I also have this like, have you ever heard of the, I don't know if it's an urban legend or not. I feel like a lot of things start out as urban legends and then people go, oh, that's a good idea. And they stop being urban legends. But the thing about Ooh. like, you'll come around a corner and somebody will be lying in the middle of the road. Yes. And if you stop to help them, you yes. get kidnapped or they steal your car or yes. whatever. I feel like that would be the problem if I pulled around and I saw a bunch of people standing across the road. I'm like, well, on the one hand, I don't want to stop and interact with whatever's happening here. But on the other hand, I can't just knock them down like so many bowling pins. Oh, That's yeah. not appropriate. I don't think that's going to hold up in court. <laughs> I don't know, Liz. I think that saying you were afraid of Satanists is a really great way to um, defend yourself in court. I think vehicular manslaughter can easily be defended by saying you were pretty sure these people were going to pull you out of your car and, you know, slaughter you. It was it was self-defense, Your Honor. It was self-defense. And that is why I set the land speed record for driving backward <laughs> on a country road. Just tell them you were at the, uh, oh, I just, you were at Gravity Hill. 
you were totally in neutral. You just, yeah, gravity took you the wrong way. I was on Gravity Hill and it took me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can tell you the funny story I got from uh, long ago in the Northern Palouse or whatever it's called. Yeah, that I was it. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice, dude. <laughs> <gasps> Nailed it. So good at remembering a thing I said 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a story from um, the Coeur d'Alene Res west of Worley, Idaho. And uh, the Res roads are a lot better now, but in the 1910s or so, they were pretty rough. And what they tried to do was just connect existing roads. So one of the people who lived along the road was this guy by the name of Anasta Williams. And he had a really nice farm and he had a racetrack because he was a racehorse guy and he had this half mile graveled track that was all fenced around, you know? Okay. He would hold horse races. He would exercise his running horses, whatever. And, uh, the road project kind of overrode him and said, <laughs> oh. that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear perfect. it until it came out of my mouth. But yep. they were like, no, you have to let us use part of your land for the road. So they set it up. That's so dumb. it used part of his racetrack. And the way it would work, since it was a circular track, is you would basically connect to the track, go through a gate, go along half of the track, and then come out a gate at the other end. Okay. okay. Um, and, you know, if you're going the other way, you would do the other, the opposite thing. But yeah, there'd be a lot of gate opening and gates, people would leave the gates open. Yeah. And he was really irritated by this. And he's like, I'm going to shoot trespassers. I'm so sick of this. So <laughs> I like Anasta. I like Anasta Getting too. A nasty. A nasty. Mr. Williams, if you're a nasty. <laughs> <laughs> At a girl. So, so Fourth of July. There's these guys from Worley. Two guys who say, "All right, we're going to go to the Fourth of July party in Rockford," and they're driving mm-hmm. a team in a buggy, and they go to Rockford and get completely trashed. They are so drunk, and they are like, "Yes, okay, it's late evening. We're going to go back from Rockford to Worley," and. It is said, according to this book, that by the time they reached the state line, they were able to follow the road only because it was fenced on both sides. Good Lord. That's how I bowl. (laughs) You get the bumpers. Yep. (laughs) So they get to the entrance gate to the racetrack. So they, they stop and open it and enter the racetrack. But because they are so trashed and it's dark, they can't find the exit gate. And it's yes. probable that they can't even remember that's the problem. So they <laughs> spent the rest of the night going around the racetrack <laughs> in a circle. <laughs> the sun comes up and they're sobering up they're like oh oh i see (laughs) and open the other gate and get back to warley but yeah as glenn puts it on this trip more miles were covered than any other trip between these two towns (laughs) oh god My stomach hurts. I love that so much. I just love it so much. It's so dear, isn't it? You'd set me up thinking, you know, a nasty was going to shoot them. No, he he built an idiot trap. He didn't need to shoot them. (laughs) Didn't need to. You know, he's sitting up there in his farmhouse just watching. Yep. He's just like, "Mm, they're going around again. Are they going to find it this time? Nope. You'd think just statistically at some point the horses would be like, fuck this. Like, I see a gate right there. Right? I'm just going through it, dudes. Yep. I'm just done with this. <laughs> At the very least, let's go out oh. the other gate. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Roundy, 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 round. Even back the same one. We'll go back to Rockford. Yeah, we don't we care. crash there. <laughs> but nope, they they were on a road. You just got to keep going on your road and you'll get there. Man. I mean, I think that's a pretty good metaphor for life. I think that's yeah. solid. Sadly, yeah. Commitment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Commitment. Oh, <laughs> Good for them. (laughs) Don't drink and drive, kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you think it was safer to drink and drive when horses were part of it because the horses wouldn't be drunk? I think, well, you don't know that the horses weren't drunk. You're right. I don't know that at all. No, you don't. <laughs> but I think if the horse was sober and the dude was drunk, you had a you had a better mm-hmm. chance at surviving. I mean, I'm sure a couple people did a, a, a Gerald O'Hara, you know, and tried yeah. to jump a fence and broke their necks. But um, I bet... I bet you could go really far without a lot of incident if you had a, you know, a nice steady mare, an mm-hmm. old nag, even a good solid gelding that you had been on several times. Yeah, like a horse that really knew what was up, kind of like when my grandpa, yeah. bless him, was uh, well into the Alzheimer's, but his cocker spaniel knew how to get him back to the house that he was supposed to be at. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I always get really excited when I see the dogs that are they're on leashes but they're carrying the leash in their own mouth yeah they're the um, boss I feel like you're the boss you know where you're going that's the kind of horse I would need mm-hmm. someone who's like all right you're stuck up there I hope you're stuck on with glue or something because you're so drunk who knows but I'll just kind of amble along at this pace and I'm gonna go toward where you usually feed me yep mm-hmm. <sighs> Tell me a spooky story, Devin. I'd like to tell you a spooky story. I have three different stories for you from people I know who submitted these um, to us to just share their own paranormal Pacific Northwest experiences. Amazing. Our people are so good, man. Our (laughs) friends and our listeners, they're so helpful. And I really like that people get as excited about this as we do. Yeah. I'll tell you the story that I got from Christina, who I met through my museology program here in Seattle. I'm not here in Seattle anymore. God, that's weird. Um, You are in your heart. I am in my heart. Always I'm in my heart in Washington. Christina and her husband are scientists. Very, very logical. Methodical? Methodical. Methodical. They're mythological people. Christina um, gave me a really good quote. What did she say? Um, when she told me this story, she said, keep in mind with this, my husband and I are very skeptical, scientific joy killer types. <laughs> They're Dr. Joy killers. <laughs> They're Dr. Joy killers, my friend. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, but I wanted to tell you this one first because it takes place at the Davenport. <gasps> Ooh. Mm-hmm. You've told us about the Davenport mm-hmm. and the ghosts there. And Christina and her husband think that they may have also encountered one of the helpful, um, kind of one of the bellhop type oh, cool ghosts there. Uh, they stayed in a room in August 2016. And the first weird thing for them was that when they they went into the room the radio was on and it was playing classical music. Um, okay. I, they were very, Christina was very adamant that this could absolutely be something that the hotel does as part of the ambiance. I've never she, had that happen I've, at the I've, Davenport. I've stayed there twice and I've never had that happen either. And it's not listed on their website as, you know, one of the amenities. I don't know why you'd make that an amenity on your website, but whatever didn't find it so that one's really easy to chalk up to housekeeping so yeah maybe there was an alarm set or something yeah exactly so but that was kind of their the very first reaction they had to this room was well that's strange Mm -hmm. that's unusual when they stayed there christina was actually sick they did room service they stayed in their hotel that night and it was really hot and stuffy in the room but christina had the chills because she was ill so they uh, she didn't know where the thermostat was, and her husband apparently knew where it was, but he didn't want to mess with it because he thought, you know, his wife was too cold to turn yeah. the heat down. So they both try to go to bed. They toss and turn all night. It's so hot in there. Uh, they can't get comfortable, but then gradually the room cools, and they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And when they wake up in the morning, her husband goes, oh, I'm so glad you turned the heat down last night. It was too warm. And Christina goes, dude, I don't, well, no, she didn't say dude. That's how I talk. But told her <laughs> husband, <laughs> I didn't mess with the thermostat. I didn't know where it was. And he showed her where the thermostat was, and it had been turned down into the 60s. Whoa. And it, it's an old, uh, that room was an old analog thermostat. So it was 
one of the dials. Um, oh, oh, okay. So it wasn't programmable. It was something that you would have to physically touch as far as yeah. they could find to actually turn it down. But they would like to think that it was a helpful Bellman-type ghost that recognized that they were too warm and turned the heat down for them a little bit. Oh, that's nice. Helped them out. Gave them a good stay. Wow. Isn't yeah, but no, I'm, I'm picturing like, those round Honeywell things. Exactly. And yeah, those... I don't think you can program those, and they don't just fall over. No, and these are super science people, so you know that they messed with the dial and they tried to blow on it and they tried to shake it and you know throw marshmallows or stuff from the mini bar at it to see if that would affect it, and it Mm -hmm, didn't. mm -hmm. So, like you do, like you do. You know, I like having science friends. (laughs) I also like having seance friends. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds is right. So that seemed really sweet. Good job, yeah. Davenport Ghosts. If that was you guys, keep it up. That was helpful. Yeah, keep it up. Um, I have a UFO story for you, and then I have another ghost story for you. So oh, however yeah. you want me to lead into those, or if you have stories for me. I um, don't think I have stories unless you want to talk about the house we lived in together. I do want to, yeah, I think that we should... Yeah, how do you want to do that? Should we, do you want me to tell these two stories real quick and then then we can talk about our own personal experiences? Yeah, or? do that, do that. Okay, okay. I have another story that was submitted by one of our listeners and one of my friends, and this one takes place in Spokane as well. Do you want to hear about it? It's more mm-hmm. of a, it's a, a UFO instead of a ghost story. This isn't something we've really touched on a whole lot. Interesting. Um, But this is from my buddy, Caitlin. She and I do burlesque together. And she's a a really cool, very open-minded art person, but someone who's not really given to, um, I'm going to say it wrong, Liz, hyperbole. You said it exactly right. (sighs) Good job, me. Hyperbole. It's not hyperbole, no matter how much I want to say it that way. (laughs) Um, this one, I thought she wrote up really well, so I'm going to read it verbatim. So these are all Caitlin's words. Um, there's no dude at all in here, so you know (laughs) it's not me. Caitlin writes, when I was a child, I was walking with my mom and holding her hand. We were just walking through the neighborhood here in Spokane, and I looked up at the sky and saw this strange thing. It was kind of, it looked like someone was shining a spotlight at the sky, But it was daytime, and instead of being white, it was gray-black. It did not change in size. It just looked like a sewing needle from the sky straight to the ground. A cylinder? I asked my mom what it was, and at first she couldn't see it. And then she did and said, oh, yeah, that's, that's really weird. I don't know what it is. And we went on with our walk. I was perplexed by it. Strangely, I can't remember what was at the top of it, if it disappeared into the sky or if it went into something. I can't remember. It was just a tall, gray, vertical line. When we returned home, I went to tell my dad about it, and I asked my mom, and she didn't seem really as perplexed by it as me, and then I was forgotten until I was 22. I was driving to work early one morning, 6.45 a.m., and I looked out my window, and I saw it. I see the same thing. Suddenly, I remember the time with my mom. I pull over into a gas station parking lot to look at it better. It was right off Division, a really busy road, and it looked exactly like how I remember it. A perfectly straight, vertical, gray-black line. Again, I can't remember what was at the top of the line or if it disappeared into the clouds. I'm just staring at it, wondering why no one else is looking at it. So I turned to some guy pumping gas, and I pointed out, and he's like, whoa, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, yeah, I know, (laughs) right? And we both just stare. Then suddenly, my car started to overheat, like bad, like out of nowhere. I forget all about the line in the sky, and I tend to my car. I go to work, my day goes on, and I completely forget about it. The weirdest part is that when I get home, I'm telling my boyfriend about the car overheating, and he asks where I was, and I say, I was at the gas station. And he says, well, why were you at the gas station? I filled your car with gas yesterday. And I couldn't remember why. I couldn't remember. I have to think about it for minutes until suddenly it comes back to me. But it felt like a dream, all hazy and foggy, like it happened a long time ago. It was the strangest thing. 
I found myself forgetting about it from time to time, and then this strange hesitation when I tell people about it. I have to repeat the memory to myself multiple times to keep a hold of it. It's there now, but it's the strangest sensation, like trying to remember something that happened while you were blackout drunk, or trying to remember a dream before it fades. That's it. it Holy crap. Be, it, it might not be an alien, but it definitely felt like it was. It might not blow your mind as a story, but it is definitely a true story. That did blow my mind, yes. It, right? I, she wrote that part, and I'm going, Caitlin, yeah. That kind of <laughs> Caitlin, honey. Mind. Yeah. Kiddo, let's redefine what is mind-blowing. Because this bizarre vertical sewing needle line in the sky that when you think about it, you can't quite focus on it. No, that's weird. That's weird that is my attention. wild. That is so wild. And the fact that it's mm -hmm. not a classic, like, I saw a light dancing around in the sky. It happens during oh, yeah. the day. Yeah, during the day and looks nothing like, and I've seen, I've, I mean, definitely I've seen the lights dancing around in the sky before that I can't, you know, they don't follow an arc like a satellite. They're not a star. They're not, I've seen these weird zippy little lights one or two times mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before. And this sounds like nothing like that. Yeah, I've never heard a UFO story like that. That is How so cool. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad she shared that with us because that one creeped me out. Yeah. Have you ever seen something in the sky like that that you can't explain? Not like a giant sewing needle in the sky, but something you can't explain? I don't think so. Do you remember? But I feel like something's on the tip of my brain. Do you remember at Desiree's house uh, one night we saw a meteor, or I saw a meteor. It was pink, and it was landing really close to the house. I know I saw it, and Sam saw the tail end of it. I think I missed it. I think I was inside or not okay. looking in the right direction or something. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I, that one I remember vividly because you, you could hear it. Like I heard this Ooh. not Hannibal Lecter eating. <laughs> but the sizzling. Liver, but the sizzling noise. That's what I remember most about it. And that it was an electric pink color. Whoa. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it had to have been a meteor. It was right there. Had to have been a meteorite. I can't imagine what else it was unless it was like a super weird dud firework. <laughs> Wow, that is a great story. That's a really great story, and I thought she wrote it really well. Yeah. Um, speaking of people I know who are into burlesque with me and who also write really good creepy stories, do you want to hear Amy's ghost story? Yes. Thank you, everybody, by the way, for sending these in. This Thank is so good. so Let's much. Do this every 15 or 20 episodes. I would love to do reader shares or listener shares every I could just read this all day. You know, my favorite mm -hmm. Reddit threads are when people report what their, <laughs> their own paranormal experiences yes. are. Uh, Amy wrote, some of this is her words, some of it's my paraphrasing. In 1995, Rick Burnell and his wife Cookie had been binging on some drugs when there was a fight. According to Rick, Cookie attacked him with a knife, which he took from her, and in the end, she was stabbed to death in what was ultimately ruled as self-defense. Cookie was stabbed 31 times, with Ooh. at least seven of her wounds being fatal, including one in her back. This was at their home in Newman Lake. So several years later, a family friend of Amy's buys the house and moves in with the family. Um, I think Amy said that she was a teenager at the time, like late teens. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Amy and her sister are playing in the backyard with the family's young daughter. And when they go to sit on a swing, the daughter, who's only four years old, says... No, that's Cookie's seat. <gasps> and what? then the daughter has an imaginary friend for a while named Cookie. Oh, my God. Isn't that... And not Cookie so, Monster. Not Cookie Monster. Cookie. No, Cookie. A woman named Cookie. Her imaginary friend was a woman. Um, so Amy also experienced some kind of weird things in the house, mostly that when the family would go on vacation, Amy would uh, pet sit for them. And she said, I would stay in the bedroom on the third floor space. The whole house felt pretty creepy when quiet and empty. I was on the bed watching TV with both the cat and the dog on the bed with me, and I'd start hearing tapping on the wall and what sounds essentially like a hand being brushed over wall texture. It happened nonstop, and my solution was to leave the TVs on all the time so there wasn't mm -hmm. any silence. Right. <laughs> Good girl. 
that is how I would have dealt with that. Is I mean, I think I would have peed myself and cried a little bit, but also <laughs> having the white noise televisions on nonstop sounds like mm-hmm. a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she says that the, the friend still lives there, still loves the house, and just says that uh, if Cookie's there, Cookie's a friendly spirit. So she's happy to stay. Cool. Yeah. That gets along well with kids. Gets along well with kids. Gets along great with kids. Doesn't share swings very well. <laughs> Otherwise, wow. fine, though. Good job, Cookie. Wow. Good story. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. thank you to Crystal for the Rathroom Witches, to Christina, Amy, and Caitlin for their personal encounters. Did I tell you the ghost story that my realtor told me? No, I would love to hear that. Oh, my God. Is I it can't about your I'd... house? No, it's but um, so I'm buying a house, as people have heard about extensively. Trust me, it feels 10 times as long when you're actually (laughs) going through it. Uh, So I asked my realtor because I was like, whatever, she's being very patient with me. I said, do you have to disclose in Washington State? If there are ghosts in a house, um, because no, no, you don't, because um, this what? is a legal concept that's actually kind of complicated. In yeah. some in some states, you have to disclose if there's been a horrible crime, okay. but in most states, you don't have to talk about ghosts unless you have advertised those ghosts like you were going to make money with them or something. So okay. if you were like running. I don't know if you were if you called up chat and you said, put my house on your tour. I have all these ghosts. I'm going to charge admission for people to come have yes. seances at my house. Do, 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 yes. do, do. If you made a big production about having ghosts, then you do have to bring it up because it actually could affect the value of the home. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So I asked Cindy this. I said, Cindy, like, I don't know when I'm going to get the chance to ask somebody this. Do you have yeah. to disclose if there are ghosts? And she said, no. But I have an interesting story about that, actually. And I'm like, oh, yes. Uh-huh. She one time says she had a client who was buying houses who was really psychically sensitive. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice. And the psychically sensitive client would have really specific opinions about houses. Like she could go into a house and just go, no, this isn't the right house for me. And when they finally did find the house that was right for her, she walked in, sat down in the living room and said, yes, this one. And Cindy was like, "Uh, do you want to see the rest of the house? And she's like, I mean, I can, but this is the house for me. And when they were in the process of closing this psychically sensitive woman said can you ask the seller if there was a warm kind woman who lived here because that's the spirit i'm encountering that's the feeling i'm getting okay. a woman who's very kind and warm and welcoming okay and cindy is like okay like he doesn't have to say but i can ask right. uh, and she does she she when they're closing with the guy she says okay you don't have to answer this but this is what my client wants to know about is whether there was a warm and kind woman who lived here and the guy bursts into tears because oh. his wife had died in that house. No. And he was feeling so bad about selling the house that they had lived in together. No. And it made him feel so much better to know that the new oh. owner was feeling so welcomed by this spirit. And oh. like, you know, it wasn't angry or abandoned or scared. Yeah. It was like, welcome, you know, this can be your house now. Yeah. So I thought that was a great story. That made me really happy. I have the best kind of goosebumps right now. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. That's so sweet. I, whether it's in an, I mean, hmm. Whether it's an intelligent haunting or a residual haunting or totally baloney, because I'm sure we have uh-huh. people who listen to us who are like, yeah, whatever, fooey. Uh, <laughs> that's so great to think that a, a warm, loving, kind human could leave that kind of impact on a space. Yeah, and that it's a situation where he feels better because yeah. he feels like he's got the approval and the sign off to move on. Yeah. And that the woman who is seeking a house feels very welcomed by this house. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) That's so sweet. The only ghost stories I have from my own life that I can think of, at least, although this ghost and UFO story seem to be a thing where you don't think about them for a long time, and then all of a sudden it pops back into your head that you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I did have that weird thing happen. Yeah. But the house that we lived in together in the Perry district yeah, was pretty li- Hogan. Yeah, it was pretty lively. I felt like it was. Yeah, and I totally related to your friend who 
blasted the TV because this was during the era in which we date ourselves because I was playing a lot of Sims <laughs> and I had a Sim house one time. Remember how much Sims we played? Sims 2. I will have it everyone Sims 2. <laughs> yeah, it was Sims 2 and we each had our own neighborhoods and we sometimes go on each other's computers and, and make yep. more Sims. That was always um, the best. And... Yeah, it was really good. We had like every Harry Potter character as All a sim and gay. And so yeah. Many gay Harry Potter characters. <laughs> I think you married Severus Snape at least a couple of times though. I probably did. I don't know. He's a Scorpio. Yeah, you are. Uh rest in peace, Alan Rickman. You can haunt me anytime. Good God. Uh <laughs> yeah, but I was playing with The Sims one time and I was hearing so many weird noises and I was getting such a weird, like creepy feeling on the back mm-hmm. of my neck. But instead of not playing Sims, I bought a radio for my Sims and I turned it up really loud. God love you, Woody. God love you. <laughs> That was my plan. And ever after, when I would go into that Sims house, I was like, why is the radio? Oh, that's right. I remember. Uh, I'm playing uh, Sims 4 currently, and mm-hmm. one of the stations is spooky. So it no. it doesn't help. No, I bet not. Well, and for people that oh, didn't God. visit our house on Hogan, we played Sims in the basement that was mm-hmm. in... I mean, it was not a daylight basement. This was definitely basement, basement. There was one way in, one way out, and you had to pass the punishment room, which was our Mm -hmm. creepy, unfinished, gross water heater room to get out. Yeah, that somebody had spray painted with red paint all over the floor of, which don't do that, people. And it had a coal chute. Yes. And because we didn't really use the rooms down there except for storage, too, there were two pseudo bedrooms that just sort of existed and had closed doors and we almost never used them because they were creepy oh you remember the bat oh don't remember the bathroom that was down there don't remember Uh, you had to get before you cleaned it i I owe you a lifetime of indentured servitude if i if I predecease you, I will come back as a ghost, and one of the things I will do is, like, clean your house for you as a ghost, because Excellent. you deserve it after cleaning that bathroom when we moved in. <laughs> oh, God. That house was such a wreck when we took yeah, it over. It was. it was like, there were leaves in the basement yeah, and stuff. Like, why leaves? I don't know. Yeah. But that was a house that I think all three of us, so at the time, it was me and you and your wife at yeah. the time, and we... We're living there together because we had been all living in like the same apartment complex. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm over at your apartment all the time anyway. Let's just get (laughs) the house together. I loved it. Um, Family compound. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it just, it was an old craftsman. It was a nice craftsman from, I want to say, the 30s or so. And it was part of the thing was that it was so badly repaired over the years that I would believe anything you told me about like infrasound and ungrounded wires and yes. anything because anytime anything broke in there anyone who had to try to follow a wire was like what yes. in God's name is happening here why do you have three phone lines and none of them <laughs> connect to anything no reason to rental I, don't I know. paid you to fix it not ask questions yeah, but this is the place where I would always hear dishes being done. That's right. When I was in my room, because my room was closer to the kitchen. It was like my room and then um, right. the steps to the basement in the kitchen. And many times when I was there, you know how you kind of wake up a little bit and then you turn over and go back to sleep unless you're my daughter and then you scream, mommy, yeah. until somebody comes and yeah. gets you uh, <laughs> at four oh in the morning, God. not that I'm bitter. But... Um, I would hear dishes being done. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, for whatever reason, Devin and Aaron have decided to do their dishes like after bedtime. That's fine. <laughs> Better late than never, I Shitty guess. Like, I don't know. Make a noise. Yeah. God damn it, you guys. But uh, after a while, I realized that the sounds I was hearing never had anything to do with actual <laughs> with dishes Devin getting doing done. any chores ever. <laughs> <laughs> You can say it. I was going to kick you out and keep the ghost. Um, I deserve it. But yeah, it was always late at night. 
And I would hear, you know, how it sounds, yeah. your water running yeah. and dishes clicking together and silverware and yeah. stuff. And it was never disruptive. And occasionally I would get up and go look in there just to verify. And no, it was completely just a sound yeah. that for some reason came through really clearly to my yeah. bedroom and would sometimes wake yeah. me up. Um, just weird. I, like, And it's one of those things where I'm like, do I believe in ghosts? I don't know, but I believe that I heard something. Yes. And I think it was an actual thing that I heard. I don't think this was, even though it was at night, I don't think this was a recurring dream. I think if I had had a tape recorder or something, I would have been able to. That pick you could that have picked up. it up. Yeah, I think so too. Well, yeah. and we had uh, we were on a corner lot, so we had one neighbor mm-hmm. that was close. The others were separated by a yard and a garage, and uh, the neighbors that mm-hmm. were close were odd. But I don't know that they ever did dishes either. Um, you know, no. so it wasn't noise coming from their house do you remember that we would often hear people walking around upstairs when no one was home and then we had yes uh, you and Aaron and I took turns sitting in the basement listening while one of the other person walked upstairs so that we could Mm -hmm. we got very scientific with it very methodological dang it now I can't say that word either very methodical (laughs) except for our accompanist (laughs) <laughs> we would go up there and we took turns saying like, okay, you know, writing down first, I pulled out this chair, then I walked over yeah, to the fireplace, right. then I did this thing, then I did that thing. And then the people downstairs would write down what they thought was happening. That's right. Because it was really easy to be in the basement and say, oh, you know, it sounds like somebody's pushing a chair back, because you don't know what it actually yeah. sounds like when somebody pushes a yeah. chair back when you're downstairs. Yeah. So I think that concluded that a lot of the stuff that we thought we were hearing was not actually lining up with what it sounded like when somebody upstairs was doing no, that. It, uh, like a, a person with actual weight and heft and mass walking, mm-hmm. in, not that I'm calling any of us fat, but an actual <laughs> physical person walking across was different from the sounds I heard, but that I still interpreted as someone walking around upstairs. Yeah, and it's totally the interpretation thing where it's not like you hear something and then go, nobody's here, and then go, I hear footsteps. It's that you hear, oh, I hear footsteps, and then you go, nobody's yeah. here. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the barfing oh robot? Oh, my God, barfing robot. How many times? <sighs> that was so gross. That had to have been our weird neighbor, dude. Had to have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely came from there, but what was I... it? It was like, Bwah! Yeah, it, Bwah! It sounded like a robot barfing because it was very like always the same length of time. Yeah. Not like, you know, when humans throw up, sorry, emetophobics, mm-hmm. but like we can talk about this for a second here. When humans throw up, it's not like regular yeah. and always the same length. No. It's sort of, you know, a little bit and then a lot and then a lot and then a little bit more. No. And this was just like, in again, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. this really loud mechanical barfing, barfing yeah. sound yeah. no i couldn't I, i'm so glad we called it the barfing robot because that is the only thing i can come up with to describe it it sounded like a robot throwing up it's also the least scary interpretation of whatever oh, that yeah. was and i was like is it like did they have some sort of swamp cooler that was like dumping water okay. but i could so confusing that, maybe i mean i've never heard a sound like that no, again neither have i Neither have I. I, yeah. w- I. I wish we were on good terms with the the landlord and the folks that live there now so that we could say, hey. <laughs> hey. I don't know if you believe in ghosts or not, but do you believe in robots? Because we have a question for you about that. <laughs> do you believe that robots can barf? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then that was also the house because your wife was so methodical yeah. that, thank God, because you and I can work oh, each other dude, up into like... Feed believing yes. anything is happening yes. um but she so the first couple weeks we moved in we're like okay there's a weird energy about this place um but she was like okay let's not say to each other what we think we're experiencing yes. let's just like write it down yes. and then in a couple weeks we'll compare yes. notes because yeah there's completely that confirmation bias thing mm-hmm. that can happen mm-hmm. where you're like oh i hear this and somebody's like i think i hear it mm-hmm. too and so, yeah, we went down to that diner that isn't there anymore on Perry um, oh, yeah. and compared notes. And we had all written down the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. We'd all written down that there was an older 
male yep. energy that was hostile yep. that turned up in the basement yep. and there was a warmer female yep. energy and i think that the difference was that i think you, i don't remember which of us said that they also picked up on a child's energy but not all of us picked up on that no that do you remember the one time i really remember thinking kid energy was when i was at home alone and i walked into mm -hmm. the kitchen from the dining room and i heard hello 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 and I just went, hi, and then walked back out of the house and waited for one of you to get home. Um, very, very easily could have been from a TV, a radio, a kid outside, a something else. But it felt mm -hmm. like there was a kid in the kitchen. I could hear it clear as a fucking bell. This just like sing song, hello, hello, hello. And I'm just like, mm -mm, not today, Satan. I'm out. <laughs> nope. But yeah, yeah that's that house had weird acoustics yeah. maybe that just was like drawing all this in but i did think it was weird that we all came to the same conclusion without comparing notes and yeah the basement was where i would get most same. creeped out yeah. and i know all basements are yeah. creepy i get that but i i feel like anybody who was in this basement would have felt that mm -hmm. it didn't i mean it wasn't like it was it was finished you know it wasn't everything yeah. but that one punishment room was was fairly nice i mean it was full of bugs but it had carpet it had paint we had real furniture down there we had a lot of fun in that basement well i mean we'd all just graduated college more or less yeah. so i think real furniture should have a little asterisk next to it i had abby's free couch that was god that thing was uncomfortable but, but so, so beautiful gorgeous. that red velvet <laughs> shoot mm -hmm. that girl's got good taste we all played world of warcraft <laughs> down there i mean oh yeah, yeah. we did um yeah but no, it was it. I feel like the vibe I got was sort of like, why are you in my like, not like, why are you in my house ferociously? Yeah. But just like, why are you in my house? Knock yeah. it off. Like, why are you yeah. here? Yeah, I definitely do remember that duality, like a, a heavier male, not really stoked to have people around presence, and a much more mm -hmm. lighter, watchful, but not in a creepy way, feminine presence. Yeah. Do you remember sometimes the toilet the would toilet run would on run its, own, its own too? Yeah. Um, it would flush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It would flush. Um, Which is weird because it's, it's it was not one of those toilets that like the seal isn't good. Yeah. So it's constantly running a little bit of water and then it fills yeah. up. It was otherwise fine. It would just spontaneously. I think mostly what it was, if I remember what Aaron said correctly, and this happened to me at least once, that you would come home and, and was, the water would be... Yes filling the yes. tank of the toilet would be filling yes, up like someone had just flushed it that's right oh yeah you're bringing that back do you remember you, mm -hmm. well, you were gone but i'm sure you remember the story the night that i passed out i remember i was in pennsylvania yep. Uh, yep. And <laughs> it was an amish country yep. oh i should have been in amish country because i aaron woke me up and she wasn't feeling well and i woke up and i realized that I didn't feel very good either, and we were both kind of like nauseated, kind of headachy, not really sure. And for whatever reason, I panicked and decided that we must have, you know, a carbon monoxide buildup or mm -hmm. something. So we grabbed the dog, we went onto the back porch, and it was snowing out uh, in mm -hmm. middle of the night. And I just thought, like, well, we should be outside if there's carbon monoxide in the house. I don't know what to do. And Erin says, I looked at her and my pupils, I think she said they got really big, not really small. And then I oh. remember being in the snow and the snow felt so good. And I had passed <laughs> out and fallen off our back porch. Um, Excellent. Yeah, broke a rib. Uh, damn. So there you go. That was right when I had mono, too, though. So I had all that, that side pain that was... Yeah, because your spleen yeah, was enlarged. My spleen and my rib, yeah. and my parents were so confused when we turn up at 2 a.m. and I'm wet, mm -hmm. and we have the dog, and we're like, uh, Devin passed out, we think we have a carbon monoxide poisoning in the house, we're going to stay on the couch. Yeah, and for what it's worth, we had a carbon monoxide mm -hmm. detector, we had a radon mm -hmm. detector. Yep, Scott, uh, yeah. Our, yeah, our landlords came and checked it out, and Scoot and Udra came and checked it out, thank you, <laughs> and... Uh, there's nothing. So I don't know what that was. That was. I don't know what that was. 
I don't know. That house was on some bad vibes. That house, like, I had a really great time there. I loved living yeah, there. Yeah, I loved living there with um, you. That was, I mean, you and Aaron, that was a really fun Aaron. Sorry. Was, <laughs> oh, burn. I was not trying to burn on the ex wife. That's not at all. <laughs> not at all what I mean. Um, I had a really good time living there with you guys. I remember that uh, we painted the dining room, and then you had us, that was the era of Big Love. And we realized mm-hmm. that the shade of our dining room was the exact same color of Bill Paxton's ass. It was. It looked a lot less pink oh, in the store. Yeah, it did. Didn't it? Bill Paxton's ass or the pink? Oh, Which yeah. one are you talking about? <laughs> hey, my private life is my private life, okay? <laughs> I don't mean to pry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I think... My approach is always just I go into these places and and have my hippie woo moment where I just address it and I'm like, hi, I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is my house Mm -hmm. now. Like, I'm going to make it my own. I'm not trying to disrupt Mm -hmm. anything. Um, It's the same approach I take with spiders where I'm like, I just don't let me see you. Don't let me see you and we're going to be okay. (laughs) I think anything that has a Halloween connotation, you can just, you can blanket treatment that. You just talk to them. You're like, hey, if if you don't got any beef, I'm a vegetarian. We're fine. So you wanted to tell me about your Han mansion haunting on the episode where we actually talk about the Han mansion? I think I will. Yeah. Okay. We'll save it for uh, that then. A Han mansion. When I was a kid, I don't remember this, but I was told I saw maybe a ghost. But I mean, it's just in the realm of creepy things that kids say that, Mm -hmm. you know, an adult that even kind of believes in ghosts could make that a pretty plausible um, explanation, I guess. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, you know, so I was, I was a toddler. I was at daycare, which was in this lovely woman's home. Um, It was nap time. I was having my diaper changed and getting into my PJs for nap time. And the bathroom opened up into her main hallway. And it's this beautiful house on, on Spokane's lower South Hill that was built in the, I think twenties. Um, anyway, I guess I, I sat up and looked in the hallway and said, who is that man? <laughs> and, uh, you know, my caretaker turned around, didn't see anyone was worried. Perhaps someone had broken in that there was a dude there, you know, there shouldn't be anyone, but her and a bunch of kiddos. Yeah. And, you know, she said, there's, you know, <laughs> who are you talking about? There's no man there. And apparently I just repeated, you know, there's there's a man in the hallway. Uh-huh. Um, and she thinks, she had always felt that the former inhabitants, the folks that built the house and mm-hmm. made the gardens beautiful, Brian and Lina Bell, aren't those just classic names? Yeah. Um, she felt that they haunted the house and that I saw Brian that day. She oh. and other people have seen Linabelle or mm-hmm. they've seen a woman like leave a room as they are entering. They feel like they see the end of a woman's skirts oh, wow. leaving or they'll turn toward the kitchen and then look, you know, like you'll glance at the kitchen, see someone look away and then look mm-hmm. back going, wait a minute, there shouldn't be a woman in 1920s garb standing in my <sighs> Yeah. And they turn back and she's gone. Oh boy. Um, so... Yeah, I would have always liked to have known her and been in that house as an adult as opposed to just a kiddo because I I think there was, I feel like there was something going on there. That's very intriguing. Not weird, just, or I guess weird, but not mean, just there. Yeah, just something. Yeah. Do you think your kid has ever seen a ghost i know she's talked about skeletons and yeah she talks about skeletons she one time went on at great length about a kitty that was in the corner and i think the thing that i i'm gonna class it as the spookiest because it was the thing that made us take action was yeah. she was pretending to be on the phone this is when she was probably like one and she was pretending she was talking to her grandpa or I should say she was pretending she was talking to her granddad because uh, we differentiate like that. Um, okay. And so she was talking to Matt's dad in her imagination, which is really normal. Like we've always yeah. lived one end of the country or the other. So she talks on the phone a lot. She FaceTimes a lot. Even when she was a baby, we did that so that she could see people. She like yeah. FaceTime you. She pretends to call you yeah, sometimes. Love it. Um, <laughs> but she said, oh, granddad, oh, granddad, what's wrong? Why are you crying? What happened to grandma? And oh god. We, <laughs> I was like, can we call your folks? <laughs> and they were yeah. fine. 
they were fine. I have no idea what that was Spooky about. She's probably toddler. just, you know, they're they're really fascinated with storytelling and conflict. Yeah. So I think they tend yeah. to really pick up on um, aspects of stories that have a lot of emotional weight. So she was probably yeah. just replicating that. It was still pretty yeah. spooky. I definitely would have pulled a you in that situation and called grandma yeah. and made sure everything was okay. Yeah, I'm like, let's just check. Let's just check real yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah, why not? Oh, do you want to do a couple questions and then I'm going to have to go because it's yes. uh, birthday lunch today at work. Ooh, go have birthday lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's do some questions. Okay. Oh, I have to go pick up Jason here pretty soon anyway. So. Okay, cool. Yes. We'll do another 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a couple questions that we've gotten, not that we're so amazingly famous, but you know, we do have about 8,000 downloads a month right now. So it's yeah. just saying, but you know, people are curious. So a couple questions that we've got, um, was Liz born in New York? <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer that one. <laughs> no. Uh, No, I was born in Kansas, but for many years of our long friendship, Devin thought I was born in New York, so now she brings it up whenever she can. Still do. You were too young to remember. You don't know where you were born. I do. I asked your mom. But the state of Kansas made my birth certificate, Devin. Your mom had to forge it. Are you some sort of Liz Wood birther? Like... <laughs> Show me your birth certificate, and then I want to see your tax return. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mm. so that's question one. Was Liz born in New York? Are you going to talk about more serial killers? Wait, nobody cares where the fuck I was born. No, <laughs> we don't talk about it every third episode. Where were you born, Devin? Canada. <laughs> Your phone's going off. I'm just going to laugh now. Sorry. I'm getting texts from my husband, uh, who was also born at Sacred Heart Medical Center in Spokane, Washington. (sighs) I guess I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Damn. That was back when the city was incorporated as part of Canada, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's been ceded to Washington. Oh, yeah. We'll, We'll get to that episode for sure. Oh, yeah, eventually. <laughs> Sorry, next question. More serial killers? Is that what they said? Yeah, they want, somebody asked on Twitter if we were going to talk about more serial killers. And I said we didn't really have any immediate plans, but we would see how the spirits moved us. Oh, my God. See? Are you sure you tweeted that or that was me? You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> mm, I'm working through you, magically guiding your... Your typing fingers. <laughs> I guess I don't really plan to unless we find out about something that's really unusual or interesting. Something unusual or something older. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I guess we didn't touch on uh, Robert Yates very much in the serial killer episode that I talked about. My, like you, my only concern is that we would talk about someone who has living relatives and it would make them uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be. would make me uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be hurtful. And I also yeah. am just like, they're often not as interesting. Um, but I will say, uh, I did find out about one on the Serial Killer Tour. That's one of the first okay. ones from Spokane that I'll just bring up briefly. Uh, so the answer is no until right now. Um, no until yes. Yeah. Uh, there is this guy named James Watson, who is known as the Bluebeard of Spokane. You know, I read about him. Yeah. He married over 20 women and killed each of them on their honeymoon. So he threw at least two of them off the Post Street Bridge. And when he was eventually caught, they put his picture and pictures of all of his known victims in the newspaper. And this made national news. It was in probably the 30s or so, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And... The best part is the newspaper that carried the story got two letters from women that basically said the same thing, which is, that's not right. That's my James. What? We're going to get married. What? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, those poor ladies. I know. So, yeah, that's an intriguing lesser known yeah. serial killer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about them other than right then. Other than right then and probably next time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other actual questions that have come our way. Um, No, not that I really can think of. Okay. 
those were two yeah. very good questions. Yeah. Oh, uh, somebody asked me how drunk I am when I record things. <laughs> your husband, your husband asked you how drunk you are when you record things. Uh, no, he can see my little recording closet and and whatnot. No, I will sometimes have a beverage, and I usually you you will get to hear about it if I'm having one because I'll oh, talk yeah. about it. I think that's the beauty of drinking while we record is that you get to do a shout out for a local flavor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my jam. Um. <sighs> okay we should I've... probably wrap it up but if people have more questions send them in and we'll do them yeah. next time and we'll go back to regular full-length episode topics uh in next time we record uh yeah but people just got like a whole hour of us bullshitting so i yeah. mean if you like this format definitely let us know i know that i felt a lot uh more i felt like i wasn't acting up for company Mm-hmm. So if you like loosey-goosey, Devin, you know, this can happen more often. <laughs> okay. Well, I got to go, doll. So let's Do say uh, right. thank you for listening to Ouija Broads. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Ouija Broads. And we want you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. All right, love. I got to run. <laughs> love you. You go. Love you. Bye-bye.